what shall I do when our name is being called? And yet we are attuned to hearing the shepherd's voice, the shepherd who does not overlook us, the shepherd who feeds us with his body and blood, the cup that runneth over, a Jesus who continues to invite us in and keep us close to, to him like a shepherd next to his flock. It's in that goodness of God's grace that we come together on this second Sunday of our African-American celebration. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. For those of you watching at home, it will mean that you're not here uh, at Mass uh, on Sunday, uh, where we have uh, Sister Eva Loomis uh, preaching. Uh, you'll have to settle for me. <laughs> Which means y'all better come on down, you know, get yourself a spot here at uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday because you'll hear some inspired preaching by uh, uh, Sister Eva. Uh, but sometimes we're not as inspired to respond to God's call and will for us as we should. For those times that we fall short in overlooking God or that we overlook God, we ask for the Lord's pardon and forgiveness. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life.
Let us pray. Almighty God, you are faithful to us, and you promise us, particularly those who have struggled in any way, that you will not overlook us, but instead feed us with the bread and wine of your Son, Jesus, the body and blood of that is Christ our Lord. You invite us, Lord, to be attuned to the hurts of, of our African-American community, both uh, throughout the centuries and to this very day. Help us, Lord, to know that you are with us, that you have walked with us through thick and thin, that uh, you have made a way out of no way out. Help us, Lord, to uh, be faithful to your goodness, to see you at the table of gladness, to share in the joy of your love, and to be nourished by, the son, by your Holy Son. We ask this for our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever, and let the church say, Amen. 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 A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. He is like a tree planted besides the water that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes. Its leaves stay green. In a year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolence, but delights in the law of the Lord, and meditates on his law day and night. from the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If the dead are not raised, neither has Christ been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is vain. You are still in your sins then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are the most pitiable people of all. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a stretch of level ground where a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes towards his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, insult you, and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy, for on that day, behold, your reward will be great in heaven, for the ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for we have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. And woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The Gospel of the Lord. So the Gospel today is called Luke's Sermon on the Plain. It's similar to Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, but there are differences. Jesus has gone to a mountain to pray, which Luke tells us uh, he does before every important moment in his life, in Jesus' life. After he prays, he chooses his 12 apostles, or disciples, and then he comes down from the mountain where, with the 12, to level ground, as opposed to the Sermon on the Mount, he goes to level ground where there's a large crowd of his followers and a large number of people just waiting for them. We hear in that gospel reading they're all from Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal waters of Tyre and Sidon. In other words, all of Israel is represented there waiting for Jesus to teach and heal. He and his disciples are there with them on this level ground, on this plain. So he has just chosen his disciples, and he's already teaching them what it means to be a disciple and where one should find a follower of Christ. It's not going to be a place above people, but it's going to be a place in their midst where disciples can see and hear who the people are and what they need close to the sheep. You know, we hear Pope Francis talk about uh, your uh, pastoral minister should smell like the sheep. Be close to the sheep. So Luke's version of uh, the Sermon of the Mount, or Sermon of the Plain, Luke's version differs from Matthew's in that Luke adds four woes. Not woe like horsey woes, but woes like in W-O-E-S that stand in contrast to the Beatitudes. Jesus is suggesting that there's going to be a great reversal when God comes to set things right. It's like what James Brown would say, it's the big payback. So we've heard Jesus say in Luke chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring glad tidings to the poor, proclaim liberty to captives. So Jesus was initiating and proclaiming this great payback, this great rehearsal, uh, reversal 
something the prophets promised God would do when the Messiah came. And so after praying on the mountain, uh, Jesus comes down to begin God's work of that reversal and to introduce the reign of God. So let me ask you something. Who are the poor and the oppressed in our world? The hungry, those who weep, are insulted and locked out. They have little, while the rich seem to have everything. So the term poor is also a biblical term that has an extensive reach. But among the preoccupied and the comfortable, the poor are very easily overlooked. So as we continue Black History Month here at St. Benedict, I think we might have some idea, just some idea, of who the overlooked were and are. This past week I came across an extensive study on the history of gentrification in Berkeley, detailing the history of the African-American community in my hometown of Berkeley. Uh, this study went from the 1930s onward. Born and raised in West Berkeley in a primarily African-American and Latino neighborhood, I found this study riveting. The earliest census maps were taken in 1940, and the Federal Housing Administration, or the FHA, alerted lenders and home buyers if non-whites were moving into a Berkeley neighborhood, they would do that by highlighting the borders of the diversifying areas in red on maps, a practice later known as redlining. In South Berkeley, uh, did you know that, that, uh, that South Berkeley was named Black Piedmont? I didn't know that because of the uh, proliferation of professional African-Americans who lived in that section of Berkeley. The FHA subsidized white home ownership while refusing to lend to African-Americans. In the 1940s, whites in the neighborhood that I grew up in brought petitions to the Berkeley City Council demanding, demanding that racial zoning laws be installed to prohibit blacks and Asians from buying property in my neighborhood. For those of you who are African-American and grew up at a certain time and place, you can well relate to being, at the very least, overlooked. And you coped by tucking your head down, by crossing to the other side of the street, by using the back door, by riding in the back of the bus, by taking low-paying jobs, by going to substandard schools, and as much as you could, staying in your own neighborhood. The African-American community was and continues to be overlooked. Segregated neighborhoods dole out substandard education. Human resource departments hire through hidden quotas. Sneaky tactics and bogus legislation have replaced the flat-out denial of the right to vote. And the long arm of justice has its own preferred referendum when a violent wannabe can track down a 16-year-old armed with a can of iced tea, shoot him in cold blood, and get away with it. And you don't dare complain about any of this because you'll just be accused of playing the quote-unquote race card. But before you stir yourself into anger, let me remind you that the persecuted are in good company. In fact, we're in royal company. The table has prepared for us 
and the presence of our enemies. And seated at the head of the table, drinking from the cup of the ultimate sacrifice, is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is a magnificent banquet provided by our benevolent host, who not only has the bounty to feed us, but the power to protect us. And so we know we join him in confidence, knowing that while we have favor with God. So what is that favor? And where does that favor come from? Favor is the privilege of living in the presence of God. Those who sit at the table prepared for them have taken that cup and drunk deeply in the name of the Lord. We've drunk until our hardened hearts were softened by our Savior's love. We've drunk until our angry thoughts were calmed by the sweetness of the Spirit. We've drunk until the ultimate tumultuous emotions turned into patient forbearance. A patient forbearance that comes to those who trust and hope in the Lord as we read about in our first reading from Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. We hear that reiterated in our responsorial psalm as well too this morning. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. It's a trust and a hope that our African-American culture has learned upon and leaned upon through centuries of slavery and injustice and discrimination and racism and prejudice. It's a faith that reminds us that here we sit at this table prepared for us, at the table where the bread of heaven is buttered with the balm of Gilead, table where the main course is the word and the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. It's a table where the peace of God is sweetened by the honeycomb of our humility, and it's the only explanation we can have for our survival in a cruel and biased world. By being here at Mass, you've received an invitation to this feast of the body and blood of Christ, to eat of his flesh and drink the cup, well, at least figurative, figuratively in the midst of this pandemic. Yet, we're in Black History Month in 2022, and regrettably, there are other cups from which misguided men and women prefer to drink. In the hollows of their minds, they drink from the cups of self-centeredness and sinister separatism. These folks continue to overlook us, elevating themselves above their brown sisters and brothers, and arrogantly expect an invitation to the feast. But we serve a God whose justice rolls down like a mighty stream. And those men and women whose cups are not filled and running over with the anointing from the Lord will be caught up in the wake of his judgment, because we hear in Jeremiah, it's the cup of his fury. What's the cup in your hand today? Is it a cup of indignation or resentment? Is it a cup of rebellion or rejection? There you reject the cup of salvation that can save your soul. And here's your invitation. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them and will eat with them and they with me. We hear that in Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. Don't you hear the Lord knocking at your heart? I know I do, but you have to RSVP. You have to step through the door to be welcomed in. And when you do, your Heavenly Father will anoint you with all a gladness, and your heart will sing, My cup runneth over. Will you come to this feast, this table, and be fed by Christ? At our Mass today, we've come to Jesus on the plain. We come looking for him because we see ourselves as having been overlooked, at the very least, or at least perhaps being exhausted or in need or searching or weary or confused. 
May we be reassured of God's grace, mercy, and presence in our midst. May we never be redlined from the love and care of God. Amen. Amen. Never overlooked, but always recipients of God's faithful love in our own lives, let us present to Almighty God the many needs and prayers of our St. Benedict family. For all who serve the gospel, that the Beatitudes may be boldly proclaimed, let us pray to the Lord. For peacemakers, that they may be strengthened in the Spirit of God, let us pray to the Lord. For those who hunger and thirst, for outcasts, and those who grieve, that they may find comfort in God's living presence, let us pray to the Lord. For all who are discouraged, that they may find new hope through this community of faith, let us pray to the Lord. For those who have died, that they may be welcomed into, joy, into the joys of external life and from whom this Mass is being offered for the motivation of our Black History Month clergy. Let us pray to the Lord. And for the intentions we hold in the silence of our hearts. Let us pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, you extend an invitation for us to join you at this table. We extend an invitation to you to hear our many needs and prayers. And if it be your will, please answer us. We ask us through Christ our Lord and let the church say, Amen. Amen.
pray my sisters and pray my brothers that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands for the praise and glory of God's name, for our good and good of God's holy church. Amen. May this oblation, O Lord, we pray, cleanse us and renew us. May it become for those who do your will the source of eternal reward. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. And let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just. It's our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For we know it belongs to your boundless glory that you came to the aid of mortal beings with your divinity and even fashioned for us a remedy out of mortality itself that the cause of our downfall might become the means of our salvation through Christ our Lord. Through him the host of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence forever. May our voices we pray join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and, once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
The Mystery of Faith. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered to one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with the Blessed Apostles, and with all the saints who will please you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to sing. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be freed from sin and safe from all distress as we wait the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ.
And Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And let us offer each other sign of Christ's peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
pray. Almighty and heavenly God, you continue to uh, guide us always in, in drawing ever closer to your son Jesus, nourishing us with his body and blood, and guiding us with his word. Allow us always to never be alienated from you, but always seek to do your son's will, and enable us to see your son's presence in the lives we touch. We ask us through Christ our Lord, let the church say, Amen. Amen. So again, as always, I'm particularly grateful for uh, those who are taking part of our recorded Mass for this uh, Black History Month. Uh, again, a reminder for those of you who would like to experience that live with Sister Eva Loomis uh, providing our reflection uh, this weekend. That's going to be at uh, the Sunday 11 o'clock Mass. In fact, she's going to be uh, reflecting on the Word both at the 8.30 and the 11. Uh, so you're welcome to join us uh, there on Sunday. Uh, again, just a thanks to the choir, to Joyce and Sally and Clayton and Morris and uh, Aaron and Wandra, Yvonne, and uh, I can see Clarence, and, um, and of course Leonard. It's like romper room, right? I could see So thank you as well, the choir as always, and Romel Lucas, for whom none of this would be possible on the virtual end. We thank you as well, too. Morris, thank you for doing double duty as a lector as well, so appreciative of that as well. Uh, the theme for Black Christian Month that uh, have been embraced by our uh, guest speakers have been uh, Revive Our Life, O Lord, Spiritual Strength of Our Heritage. Uh, Father Ken Hamilton we had last week and uh, a pretty full house here. Of course, within the rules of the health codes established by the diocese and the uh, Alameda County. Uh, but we also presented some uh, wonderfully and well-deserved Dossimels of Merit uh, to those who are part of uh, joining us last week, you saw that. Our own Leonard Pete, of course. Uh, not our own Leonard Pete. Our own Leonard Pete. Our own uh, Deacon Ron Tutson. Our own Chiquita Tuttle. And our own Ophelia Wanzo. Every one of them are on our own. Uh, we're awarded the Dallas Medal of Merit, which is the highest award given uh, to lay folks. You know what the biggest award given to priests is? Pope. I ain't never gonna get any of that award. That's for doggone sure. They lucky they make. They lucky I'm just being called father these days. Um, uh, next, uh, Dion Cola will be preaching next week, and uh, Pastor Jackie Thompson, who is the uh, senior pastor of our neighbor to the south, Allen Temple Baptist Church, will be gracing us in the pulpit uh, in another few weeks at the end of the month. Saint Benedict Church features a taste of Louisiana. You know, sometimes I watch YouTube and. Some of these YouTube uh, shows have, so what, what's considered the best cuisine of any state in the nation? And most of us would say Louisiana. Even those of us who have Hawaii roots would say, oh, Louisiana, because ain't nothing like, you know, jambalaya and gumbo. Uh, it, it sure beats poi, okay? <laughs> Believe you me. I do like poi, but I do like jumbo and gambalaya, jambalaya a whole lot better. Taste of Louisiana, Mardi Gras Celebration Fundraiser 2022. Join us as we celebrate Mardi Gras on Saturday, February 26, 2022, at noon on the church grounds. It's outdoors to adhere to the safety codes. Uh, with a little second line dancing, and immediately following, we'll have plate lunches ready to pick up beginning at 12.30 p.m. until 3 p.m. More details in the bulletin. 
Our next ceasefire walk is scheduled here at St. Benedict on March 18th at 6 p.m. That's Friday, March 18th. We would have you, we'd love to have you join us as we bear witness to the need for violence prevention and gun prevention uh, here in our neighborhood. Um, if you're visiting from uh, elsewhere, we, we say hi to you. Uh, if you're not regularly a parishioner at St. Benedict, we again welcome you and are glad that you join us virtually uh, this, this morning. Um, if, we have a, if you have a birthday, we're going to ask for God's blessings upon you. And so we pray, God of all creation, we offer you grateful praise for the gift of life. Here are the prayers of your servants who await, who recalls the day of their births and rejoices in your gifts of life and love, family and friends. Bless them always with your presence and surround them with your love that they may always enjoy many happy years, all of them pleasing to you. We ask us through Christ our Lord and let the church say, Amen. Amen. For those of you who are celebrating anniversaries of any sort, whether it's an anniversary, a commitment that you've made to someone else, maybe it's a vow or commitment you've made to God, or perhaps even to yourself, we ask that God may continue to watch over you and bless you as you recommit yourself to that commitment. Almighty gracious God, we know that in our own lives we journey and walk with people and commitments that have enabled us to be bonded with your people. We ask your blessing of those celebrating commitments and anniversaries at this time, those perhaps who were wedded or committed into them, to each other, uh, to a commitment they have made to you or to themselves. May you continue to enable, uh, enable them and empower them to truly see the grace in that commitment and allow them always to receive the goodness of your love from each other, from you, and from themselves. We ask us through Christ our Lord, let the church say, Amen. Amen. Anything else for the good of the order, folks? We good? Cool. We good? The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This Mass is ended. Go now in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God.